Weird. Really? Yeah. But I just told you. Um, Fair enough. Dude, apparently there's a there's a a club Wait. at University of Iowa, and yeah. they it's it's the they're called like the Queso Club or something, and like yeah. they have like these meetings where they find the best quesos like in the state, but like you're nobody like nobody knows about it, nobody knows how to join it, but like very it's like few a secretive club. It. Isn't that kind of yeah, tight? I think, yeah, I think we should create create some exclusive secretive club, um, in like some niche, like it could be a. Uh, we could do that, but with hot dogs and just go on a, a nationwide journey of finding the best hot dogs. I'm trying to create like a member. Yeah. Create like a membership fee. And it's like, they got to pay us to join, but they don't know how to join. But then when they find us and they realize how exclusive there it is, they're willing to pay so much. And you know, what we should do. Yeah. yeah. Same, same concept, but like just be the supreme of hot dogs. We come up with like Ooh. one really good hot dog and we only drop it like, like no one every good like one really good like meat like every every like year we just drop I think it randomly. We can make and we make the packaging really crazy and like luxury based. So it would be the the luxury brand, the premium luxury luxury brand of hot dogs. And it it yeah, it's, it's such an absurd thing that people can't help but getting curious about the idea, and then. The Instagram page is like people eating this hot dog, this messy ass hot dog with like Louis Vuitton on, like all white. Like, <laughs> it would Dude, be have you seen? Awesome. Have you seen Nathan for you? No, who's that? Oh, dude, it's a great show. Same idea, where like he comes up with like these crazy, like marketing ploys essentially, and uh, so like the, the very first episode, like it's it's comedic based, but like it's yeah. really funny and like. The first episode, it kind of worked. Uh, it was like a frozen yogurt shop, and they were releasing like a new flavor. Yeah. And it was poop flavored. Like, he worked with a chemical engineer, <laughs> and like, it like it legitimately, like, it, it, it it's not like, oh, poop flavor. It's like, it tastes like shit. And uh, it just a made bunch people of people that came and, <laughs> So many people came and tried it. And then he was interviewing them. He's like, all right, yeah, so what do you think? They tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> No shit. <laughs> okay, so that's a, good. Dude, if we could capitalize on that with the hot dog where curiosity, like how could this hot dog, how could this one hot dog cost like $35? Yeah. Is it really that good? But like they're curious yeah. enough that they're willing to try it or to just like yeah. be part of the crowd. So, but yeah, Tommy, I appreciate you coming on the first episode of Should I Invest? Where we look at, startups and founders that are currently raising capital via reg cf now tommy do you know what reg cf allows you to do no all right so let me break it down for you and this this is what's so exciting reg cf allows the every, everyday person like you and me to invest in startups where previously we would have to have a shit ton of money to be a, an accredited investor now we don't have to be an accredited investor to invest in startups and wouldn't you like to say yeah I invested in the next Uber before it was Uber. Yeah, sure. Who wouldn't? I, I invested in it when it was like $6 million market cap before it became, I don't know, like a $100 billion market cap company. Yeah. So this is what it allows you to do. Now, Tommy, how many games do you have on your phone? <laughs> dude, I'm a, I, I had a feeling, dude, I'm a sucker for those apps. Like I'm playing an app and I get that ad. Yeah. And 
I, I, I'm such a sucker for it. I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, I literally just downloaded one for, like, zombies or something. Or oh, some dude, one. I get those on Instagram all the time. Dude, like, because, like, and you play them for, like, a second, and then I'm hooked. I'm like, I want this game. And then I, I play for, like, a day, and then I don't I don't do anything else with it. But, yeah. yeah you got <laughs> to play it just to beat it, and then once you beat it, whatever, you can move on. But sometimes they are I'm their target good. audience. Yes. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, you know, the average mobile gamer – uh, what do you think the average mobile gamer looks like? Age, gender, what, you think like maybe 18? No, dude. I'm, I guess would be like seniors, honestly. Really? Because you're right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're close. It's 36-year-old women. Isn't really? that surprising? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was shocking. Now, you know Candy Crush. It's one of the most on. downloaded. It's one of the most downloaded games. What did Logan say? Oh, he's got to update his Chrome. Logan Brady's coming on too. But yeah, Candy Crush. It's one of the most downloaded games. Guess how many users? I don't know, like a billion. Billion. One out of every eight people in this world play Candy Crush, which is such an absurd stat to think about. One out of every eight. I'm kind of nailing these statistics, dude. You are. <laughs> Come on. You you might be their core customer. <laughs> I am, dude. I know exactly what's – I know the market a little too well. <laughs> so would would you would you be interested in being able to, let's say, invest in the next Candy Crush before it became Candy Crush? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that isn't isn't that exciting? Have you ever seen have you ever seen Entourage? Yeah, Entourage. Yeah, is a yeah, you've show. seen Entourage. And you know what you sound like? You sound like uh what's his name? Uh one of the guys when like they're pitching the Ramones to him and he's like, goes, Is that something you might be interested in? <laughs> what's up, Mr. Brady? Wait, which one? Um uh, uh the really rich, like older guy. Um he was like Bob or something. But he's like, What if I were to tell you my chef makes the best steak in the country? Is that something you might be interested in? <laughs> yeah, how can you say no to that, right? Yeah. Well, Mr. Brady, you hey, look sorry, like a professional. Guys. You look like you're uh, you're ready to make an investment. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the URL in the chat so that y'all can look y'all can look at it. And then I'm gonna throw it on the the YouTube live stream. Well, we have we have we have Rising Tyler Rising on the uh, on the YouTube live stream right now. And he says, great retention on merger games. What's the MAU, which is monthly active users of Candy Crush? And I'm pretty sure that's $1 billion, Tyler Rising. Thank you for participating. And here's the, uh, the WeFunder link. You know, I was talking to Tommy before this and Logan, and I was telling him that Candy Crush. I already said this in the. Oh, hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. <laughs> it's good to see you too. Hey, guys. Pete, you want to make an investment in the next Candy Crush? Maybe. Does, does that excite you? Does it? Does I mean, how how about this? Would you get excited if I told you this company, Candy Crush, has one billion monthly active users, and this company? Has a lot of potential, and the current valuation is only twenty-eight million dollars. Does that excite you? It excites me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go through this. I'll go through the company right now. But I, I put the link in there. Okay. Uh, I'm Tommy, can you right click now. on? 
you can look at it right now. Perfect. Yeah, I'm looking at it right so, now. Sorry, I'm on my. I had to go on my phone. I tried to uh, update my Chrome, but apparently my <laughs> my Mac is not updated, and so it doesn't support it, which is uh, annoying. But but I'm on my phone, so I'm here. I still I have my I have my laptop pulled up, so I can make sure I'm I'm, I'm getting you know I'm interacting as, as well as possible. Well, we appreciate you joining. So this this company is called Carbon Counts, and full disclaimer. I interviewed the founder on Monday for the podcast and it's going to be, the episode's going to be uh, dropping pretty soon. And when you, when you want to invest in startups, because there's not much like financials to really base your investment off of, you want to look at the founder, you want to look at the team and you want to see if the idea in the market has some sort of traction where you can see potential. And when you're angel investing, you're not looking for maybe two X your return, but you're thinking, well, can it real, realistically 10x or 100x? That's what you're kind of looking for, right? You're looking for the upside. So uh, I should probably share my screen. That would probably be a good idea. Um, <clears throat> so this founder, I found him very impressive. It's Carbon Counts. And what they're doing is they're creating a mobile game that plants trees in the real world. And you might think, well, how does planting, that is really how cool. does, yeah, well, I mean, that's cool, but I think the, I think the first thought is, well, how does planting trees really help with uh, a game achieving 1 billion monthly active users and scaling up to a billion dollars in revenue a year, right? And they did, they did some studies that I want to show that I think is quite interesting. Uh, the studies showed that with the planting trees, where is it? Right here. They, they tested no planting trees versus planting trees. And if you look, the retention rate was significantly more with the planting trees to where users were willing to go, it looks like almost double the amount to start level 26 or get to level 26 and start level 26, knowing that they have milestones to where if they accomplish that level, beat that level, they would then get more trees planted in the world. And so I think, I think this is quite an interesting incentive, you know, incentivizing users to play a game that looks kind of similar, has a similar format to Candy Crush, but they also get to, the more they play it, the more good they get to deliver in the world, right? It's kind of it's kind of hard to not want to play a game like that, knowing that you're rewarding, you're getting rewarded for playing the game. So we look at that. Now Now let's take a look at the team. Well, so, guess, so Faye, guess, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, ask me a question. So this, we, I don't know if you covered it or not yet, but the WeFunder.com itself, I can't imagine me, Tyler, Logan have ever made an investment through this platform? Could you maybe go into uh, how that that yeah. kind of aspect of this actual investment works? Yeah, so that's a good point. So do you know what Reg CF is? Reg, Reg CF? I, I'm not familiar. Okay, so basically with this podcast, what I'm doing is I'm showcasing Reg CF startups. Reg CF startups are startups that are raising capital via regulation crowdfunding, which allows non-accredited investors to invest. Investors like me, you, the everyday person. To be an accredited investor, usually you have to have, what, $200,000 of annual income for the past two years. You have to uh, CFP, right, Pete? Is it CFP? Uh, I think it's you can have the 7 and 66, but it's 200000 income and then a million in net worth. Right. So with the regulation crowdfunding, they wanted to still provide this opportunity for non-accredited investors because oftentimes these angel investments, these 
uh, investments, investing alongside venture capitalists can yield some of the highest returns, but are also risky. So there's, it is important to note that they are risky. So WeFunder is a platform that allows where they host uh, startups that are raising Reg CF rounds. So this is kind of uh, one of the two big platforms, this and Start Engine. And so I made an investment on WeFunder the other day. If you want to know how WeFunder's business model works, I think that's what you're kind of trying to get at to understand. I, I think guess, it's more like what if, the cut is. Say, yeah, if you want to invest, like, is it obviously going to be held on this WeFunder platform? Like, it's obviously not going to be linked to a brokerage like Fidelity account. Or so, what you do is you invest it as a safe, as a safe note. If you know what that is, okay. where you're investing really? in, at, at this valuation and then they go to a series okay. A, then your investment is on the terms of this valuation, not the uh, series A valuation, if that makes sense. So if it's like series A is like the venture capital, like funding the project series A series, then it goes on to series B. Yeah. Series Am C. I getting that so, right? Yeah. So, so think about this as a, like a, a seed raise, right? So, or like a, a friends and family way to raise capital. A seed, yeah, seed funding, yeah. So so if you if you invest at this stage compared to if you invest at so let's say this is a twenty eight billion dollar value uh, valuation. Let's just round it up to thirty. All right, this is thirty. If they raise a series A at sixty million, your investment doubles on paper. On paper, it's important to note on paper because they still have to get the liquidity by merging or getting acquired. But because it went from you invested at thirty million to now sixty million, your equity doubled its value. So that's that's the overall premise. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so this is a game. I think it's interesting to talk about kind of. The mo I didn't realize the mobile game industry was as big as it is. I pulled up a chart and this says they, uh, the mobile game market size is 200 billion in 2023 and they expect it to reach 500 billion in 2029. And I think that's on pace for a 15% compounded annual growth rate. Um, they have it 775 billion by 2032. So this is definitely a growing market. Now, Pete is our financial es es expert here. So Pete, what do you think about a market growing at 15% compounded annually? It's a pretty good market to be a part of. <laughs> now, Pete, if I told you you had the opportunity to invest in a market that was growing 15% compounded annually, would that excite you a little bit? That would, that, that would certainly excite me. So let me, let me toss you this. My mind naturally goes to... Um, kind of what you alluded to before with one liquidity and how that aspect's going to work out. But two, I don't know how much light you can shed on uh, any tax implications with investment like this through crowdfunding. I'm going to say, I don't know that I'm going to full disclaimer. I don't know the tax aspect that way, yeah. but I'm assuming you will be able to, cause can't you deduct unrealized losses or is it only realized? realized losses okay. and so i know that just through like stocks and bonds again i don't have pretty much any experience through crowdfunding that's why i'm going to defer to you because i don't know how i don't know if there's any extra i guess tax rates through 
was it Reg CF you're saying? I don't well, know. I, think, I don't know. So I didn't know I if think, you knew. I think it's still taxed as a a private Just asset, like a common right? security. Right. So I think it's still going to be, okay, if there is a gain, it's 15% capital gain, right? It's not like ordinary yeah, income tax. I for, so I think if, yeah. if that's what you're asking. Uh, the purpose of them doing regulation crowdfunding was to give the opportunity for non-accredited investors like us to participate in some right. the most high high returning asset or investments possible, but also they limited the cap on how much we can invest. So I think it's like 2,500 per 12 months. That'll probably be for us. So, they so that's per person? Of, yeah, per person. So they, they want to minimize the risk of non-accredited investors because quote unquote, not as sophisticated as the accredited investors. So that's why there's a cap. Um, so is there, um, I don't know, sorry if I keep running, interrupting, no, no, but um, is there good. like, with stuff like this, is there say, because I know like a lot of alternative investments for accredited investors are traditionally like hedge funds or I don't know, right. like, I'm just, just stick with hedge funds. They have like manager fees a lot or like a carried interest fee for the managers. In this particular case, I mean, it's not a hedge fund per se. Is there any extra like do the I don't know do the owners of this do they so, get like an extra fee or something for our like so it's um like say say your scenario Series A funding happens and the valuation doubles does a percentage of that increase in equity from... God are you talking about the platform like WeFunder as a platform. I guess I'm asking about the platform. The plat yeah, I guess the platform is my question. So the the platform takes uh, usually a 7% cut of whatever the startup raises, but that's not from the investor side, but it's from the startup side. Okay. So, so, so does that make sense? So the startup yeah. more or less basically pays for the opportunity to then raise more capital on the right. platform since the, the platform has users, has a, a base where people can come to it. Okay. Uh, so, so that's yeah. usually the fee. And then there's also legal fees like uh, getting your financial statements, uh, having usually some form of audit, not like a, usually a financial, I think it's more of a financial um, reporting audit. But so with this startup, Carbon Counts, they've already raised $5.5 million in VC and angel investors. So <laughs> I usually I like that if, uh, if a VC or an angel investor are investing in the startup, Usually that means they see the upside, they see the potential. And then going back to the three most, so the three things when looking at the startups, the founder, the team, and then the idea. So they, the expert team, that's always a good thing because, you know, ideas are worthless. It's the team that really matters. And so they have people from Club Penguin, Plants vs. Zombies. I don't know if y'all remember that OG game. What a great game. Oh, yeah. And then uh, well, those raise Cats. money on this platform. Not raised, but um, people working on those teams at the time now are working for the startup. Does, the startup WeFunder. No, no, no. The startup Carbon Counts. WeFunder is the platform hosting them to raise capital. Okay. So, 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 so the the startup is Carbon Counts. Right. Um, and so they're aiming by twenty twenty six, hundred million dollars in revenue, hundred million dollar, hundred million trees planted. So, yeah, I, th I think 
it's also this is a projection, not guaranteed. That is important to note. Obviously, that is very aggressive. Hundred million dollars of revenue, but a hundred million trees planted is also really, really dope. I think that's yeah. cool, and I think the impact that can have is really cool. So it's also interesting. Sorry, I'm on Carbon Count's website at the moment, yeah. and it says for every hundred dollars invested, we plant ten trees. Yeah, isn't that cool? Which which is an interesting. So I would imagine that uh, those a hundred dollars invested is mm-hmm. through WeFunder directly. Yeah. Yeah, so so if you look right here, with there's the investment. Where is it? I think it's. I think this is down here. And usually this is um the investment incentives, right? So if you invest a hundred dollars on WeFunded, they plant ten trees, two fifty. Oh, okay, plant, I see. Twenty five. Um, so those those are just incentives. Now, I think it's if we look at the, they have the team right here, which the interesting thing about this team is you look at the team, they all look. Uh, relatively not old, but definitely experienced, which is good. It seems like they uh, they have a lot of experience. So Michael is the founder. He's a three time entrepreneur, two time co founder, and has had two successful exits, which is very promising. Um, that means he knows the roadmap. He's done it before, and he's had success. And so one of his successful exits was you promise, which I believe that was a startup that was helping people save, start saving at an earlier point in their career for their children to go to college later on. So it's definitely a mission driven startup. And I think I've heard of that. Yeah. I want to say they, they got bought out or um, they got acquired by a very big successful company. And then, Okay, uh, Vikram, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of these names, but Vikram, he worked at Google for 15 years, uh, was the founder of two tech startups, so having a CTO with experience, that's very good. And then Brett, I don't know, Brett serves on boards, uh, looks like he's, yeah, okay, well, next one. Um, okay, Nicole, worked for Disney, Pixar, Star Wars franchises, using the entertainment driven impact. Um, so figuring out that problem, she looks like she's going to figure out how to scale and how to basically scale with impact. So continuing on their mission of planting more trees while also scaling. Kyle was a co-creator of plants versus zombies and uh, garden warfare franchise. So a lot of experience. Um, Kiri. Yeah. So she mentored teams at EA's EA. Yeah. You know, great, great gaming franchise, Disney, Lululemon, Lulu bro. Um, and yeah, so that's just some of the teams and some of the team's experience. Clearly experience. Uh, but Tommy and Logan, I want to know kind of what, what are you thinking right now when you see the startup? What excites you? What makes you nervous? What do you think could be a risk? What do you think could be an opportunity? How long has the company been around for so far? It's a great question. The company, I know they're they're testing right now in five countries, and they have the traction. I think they started. Let me find the answer. There should be the answer somewhere here. I want to say twenty two or twenty three. So okay. it's, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's definitely very new, and they're hard launching. Yeah. They're hard launching this quarter. So they're testing. They've tested right now. They're testing in five countries. Out, uh, none of the countries are the U.S. I think uh, a lot of them are in England. They're testing that and getting data from that. 
before they do the hard launch. But that's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at it. Says that the game hasn't been released yet. Correct. Mm, correct. Okay. Okay. So this is something they've just been working on. Um, yes. And, and how much do they plan on raising? How much funding do they plan on raising? So they've raised five million. So this is actually a great question, Tommy, because this is this is part of the reason why I'm a little excited. I was talking to Michael. And Michael said that they really don't need to raise that much money from CrowdCF. They're, they're doing it because <laughs> they're doing it because they want people to feel um, they want people to get in now because once they raise their Series A, there's they can't really go back to round uh, to raise capital via RegCF just because it doesn't make sense. You know, once you raise a Series mm-hmm. A, you're raising at like I don't know, like a fifty million, sixty million dollar valuation. At that point, you're kind of getting too big to raise via Reg CF. But with that being said, they plan on raising a Series A at the end of this quarter, kind of starting or the beginning of the next quarter. So that's where exciting. I forget what he said uh, the valuation was, and I don't want to say it out loud because I'm not sure and I'm definitely going to botch it. But it's definitely above this $30 million valuation cap. So obviously, it's just a paper game. But still, the game. Have you yeah. have you looked into any of the VCs and see kind of the returns they get or you know their the, overall success? I know the average. So uh, okay, so I think it's important with venture capital investing. Their business model for investing is based on the power law, which basically means if you do one hundred investments, five out of them are going to deliver disproportional returns that are going to then carry most of the portfolio up, meaning like sure. one, one's going to deliver, I don't know, let's say 100 or 1,000x, then two are probably going to deliver 10x, three are going to deliver like 3x, then five might break even, 10 lose money. So that's kind sure. of the, so the, uh, the, the, the mindset is you don't want to miss out on winners. You're fine taking risks because of that, because you know that one startup's going to explode up. You don't want to miss out on winners just because missing out on winners is way more costly than missing out on losers. Because you can only miss out the amount of money you invest. Like you can only lose that much money, but the, you can lose the amount of money you can miss out on missing a winner is like a hundred X, a thousand X of what you would have invested. So, totally. uh, but back to your gotcha. question, the, the average venture capitalists, I think uh, I saw a stat that was like they it's like 18 percent, 16 percent return. So hmm. yeah, when you factor all that in. Yeah. Is that um, like what's the time span for like that? Like that was, do you know? So usually it takes seven years for a venture capital fund to kind of get its returns back. But that stat was ranging from, I think, the venture capitalist average from 2012 to 2023. Is that, is that what you're asking, Pete? Yeah. Does, does that help at all? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Weird. So, yeah. Oh, do you want to know what uh, Michael's background is? Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you, you want to, you want to check. He's the head guy. Account? Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a founder, uh, the co-founder and CEO. Um, let me pull it up. And you talked to him the other day? Yeah, I interviewed him. He's, he's, That's cool. And part of, part of the reason why I, like, 
I really like him as a person, and he's also really smart. Um, so anytime best in people, talk, baby. Yeah, anytime you. Cambridge, Massachusetts. And he's also experienced too. He's done this before. He he's had two successful exits. That always helps. So, Michael, the uh, co-founder, let's see, his education, vice president at, I don't know what that company was, uh, Saving Star. So I think uh, you promised was bought out by Saving Star. I think that's, mm. no, it wasn't. I don't know. Um, but he went to London School of Economics. And then he Best economic Business school in the world. Yeah, and then he went to Harvard Business School in 94 through 96. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely smart. And, yeah. So good pedigree now. So um, I would imagine myself, I've never invested in, into, you know, a company like this, especially not through, um, you know, like WeFunder, things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome that there's, you know, however, however much you invest is also, you know, you get that many trees planted, but how, like, what's the timeline and how do, as an investor, like just a normal person like me or you see the returns on this if and when the company becomes successful. Oh, I should agree about how to make money. <laughs> With Logan, the yeah. that. Logan, I love that question because we want to make money, right? That's why we invest. Exactly. Um, so let's see if I can, let me pull up. So WeFunder allows you to track your portfolio, but to answer your question, we make money once there's some form of liquidity, which is going to usually be like a mergers and acquisitions, All right? It's going to be that aspect. So this is a company I invested in by Motul, but it usually takes like seven years, right? Okay. And then um, as they continue to grow, you can also sell uh, your shares on secondary markets. I think that gets a lot more complicated. But we're banking on them to either get acquired or to go public, baby. We're going for the 1000 X. So, so is it, so yeah, that's, that's best case scenario. Um, does it, does that mean it's impossible before either of those events for us to get any kind of return on principle? Do you know? Like, like, is liquidity totally locked up until one of those events? Well, you can sell on secondaries. Yeah, but say you don't want to do that because I just don't know how to do that. And it yeah, but if you don't want to do that, I don't know how else. Just because it's not like a, it's still a private company. Like, I guess, right. so the mindset should be your money's going to be locked up for uh, average seven years mm -hmm. because you're going to bet on one of those two, either an IPO or, or an another company buying it out. Yeah. Yep. So that's, okay. that's kind of the, that's the mindset, right? Right. And that's, that's why you want it to get public uh, as fast as possible. Cause once it's public, it then allows you to, it allows a lot more liquidity. So you can either stay or you can get out whenever you want, just because it's the public market. I do think, I mean, I don't know this. Have you? Right. Yeah. All right. Have you done, like, have you, um, explored that secondary market and how just, I mean, I got to imagine it's very over the counter, like you got to yeah. find someone that wants to buy it. Like it's not going to be a regulated exchange. I, I don't think. I think there's a, 
there's a lot of people that want to buy in the secondary. So I don't know. Do you know Carta? Have you heard of Carta? Carta does cap tables for startups because cap tables can get really complicated if you're doing Excel sheets, especially if you're raising at different valuations and how you kind of manage the overall like equity and structure. But Carta, they kind of, they got in trouble for this because they were managing people's cap tables and also trying to sell people um, company startup shares via secondary transactions, connecting the buyer and seller. Mm-hmm. But there are sites like that. So I know uh, SpaceX, there's been a, t- a ton of secondary buying and selling with SpaceX shares and I think with Stripe. So I guess to answer your question, I think it's tough, but I think it's tough because we don't know the platforms that do it because they're not as common. It's not like just investing in the stock market. And I think once you find those platforms, I can look into those platforms and figure that out. Then it's like, oh, okay. You know, the question is, is there enough demand for that secondary market to be pretty robust? Obviously for SpaceX and Stripe, the demand's clearly there. So I think that's where it comes back to the overall company. If the company's a good company, I don't think it's going to be as tough to sell or to provide liquidity. Okay. Can we talk about the game itself a little bit? Like, I know you mentioned that. So when they tested, uh, well, it was just like they were testing the ability to plant trees against not planting it. Did they release, is that, is that, are they testing it against their own game? Did they release like another game that you just couldn't plant trees on? Like there was no incentive or? So I asked him, I asked him kind of, what's your proof of concept that this works? Yeah. Just, just because this seems like a good idea, but I feel like we would have heard another startup do it before. Right. Uh, or another game do it before. And so originally, and this, this idea kind of originated because in 2016, there was this, I'll pull it up. There was this startup called ant forest that did something very similar in China And so what they did was they combined a game with environmental impact launched in China and that market at the time had 900 million users, mobile game users. And out of the 900 million, 600 million played the game Ant Forest, which is a freaking absurd statistic, dude. Yeah. Literally 66% of the market played the game. They planted 300 million trees. So that was that was the proof of concept. Now to answer your question, have they have they tested out the game? Um, let's see. Yeah, just what, what like what was their control in that statistic? I'm just. So I think the the control was just the game itself. Okay, so they they just like advertised it like. They just didn't so I, offer the option of planting trees. So I think I think it's just yeah, you want to play this normal game. <clears throat> And here's a mm. game, play it. And then they said, okay, here's a game. If you get to, if you finish level one, we will plant a tree for you. If you finish level nine, we will plant X amount of trees for you. And then yeah. this is kind of, you see how planting trees definitely helps with the reten- retention, it, which at the end of the day, I think it's also important to understand the mobile game business model. So, Candy Crush, they make a billion dollars a year in revenue. Now, I think one third of that, 33%, comes from in-game purchases. So in-game purchases, you know, that's like, you know, buying extra coins, whatever, to skip, to play to the next level. But then two thirds of that 
comes from paid ads, the advertisements, the game, the videos that we hate watching in between levels because we're like, oh, dude, I just want to play the next level. And you got to wait 15 seconds before you exit out of it. And so that's that makes up 66%. I think. The, so is that the similar model that they're going to do is having paid advertisements between levels to help compensate for like in-game purchases? Yep. And, and is, is, yeah, Tom. sorry, is the rest basically just like, Hey, you can pay to not have ads. So I, or is that considered in-game purchases? What they, I think you, you pay to skip ads or you can watch an ad to help plant a tree. So I think they use the incentives of watching ads to plant more trees. I think that's what they do. So if you think about it, so they're like, Hey, do you want to watch this video, 30 second video to help plant a tree? It's kind of, it's kind of tough to say no. (laughs) Yeah. So then you're like, okay, fine. But as a result, that brand is then paying them X amount of dollars to have this 30 second ad going on all these users and the users are willing to do it because they know they're going to plant more trees. So they figure out how to kind of align the incentives for the user to want to continue to watch the ad because that's how they make the money. And in doing so, then they plant more trees, which is what the user wants because the user wants to play a game that, you know, helps the, uh, the company, uh, you know, with the environment. How much is, uh, I'm sorry, this is like a stupid question, but how much does it cost to plant a tree? I don't know. That's a great question. And I should have asked him. I, I forgot, but I did ask what type of trees <laughs> they plant. What kind of trees do so, they plant? They plant, it, it depends on the region, which I guess makes sense because sure. some trees need more sunlight, more water, whatever. Um, <laughs> All over the place. But, but I, I, think, I think right now they were, uh, they're, they're planting trees in Africa and in, I think, some parts of Asia. That's where they're focusing right now. And I think as they continue to grow, they might expand a little bit, but they think they want to make their focus pretty concentrated, which makes more sense because... They they have uh, partnerships with those I guess non for profits in that area. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Like, so they don't have like anyone planting the trees within the company. They're just working with. Are they uh, are they making donations to non profits or how does that work then? And just considering that planting trees or. I I think that's the partnership. I think it's viewed as a partnership with the not-for-profits and with the communities. So the not-for-profits have partnerships with the communities that kind of need some sort of reforestation just because it's very bare or, you know, whatever the situation is. And I think a lot of times too, the trees are fruit trees. Mm. So I, so I think there's, there's very much interest aligned within the community, making sure these trees grow and stay healthy and protect the trees and help water the trees because in return, then the trees reap, you know, fruit, food that they can then use or sell, you know, whatever the case might be. So I just, the incentives are very much aligned all the way through. I think one of the big risks is how do you continue to keep the incentives aligned for all the different parties as you continue to scale? Sure. So it's free to download and the main source of revenue for this app is going to be paid advertisements, which naturally leads to viewership being the key stat for this app and they're betting on the ads not being annoying by incentivizing with trees. Yes. 
Oh, it is free to download though. They're not gonna try to like a dollar to download. Yeah. It is free. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, don't quote okay. me on that, but like I'm I'm 99 okay. percent sure. Um, I feel like um, that's probably the right business model too because yeah, like, I don't know the last time I've downloaded a paid app. And I don't, yeah, you know, app purchases I feel like are also more profitable regardless. Mm-hmm. I think those. Yeah, well, if if you think about the business model of successful mobile games it's to get as many people on the platform and then to run the paid ads or in-game purchases it really distance it doesn't make sense for a company to have to require you to pay to download the game because then you're significantly limiting the amount of monthly active users which means you can't run ads on the game nearly as you know cost effective as possible just because there's less users so did uh, you ask where Michael explain any outline plan they have to increase viewership? Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's what's going to drive this entire operation. So I, People I think using you, the app or the game. So I, th- let's see, they had the beta. Um, like I don't remember how or why Candy Crush blew up, but I'd have to imagine there was some sh- strategy behind it. Because of suckers like me, yeah. that's when I blew up. Well, so I was, I was telling, I was telling Tommy in the beginning. Um, you know, we think of gamers. Well, I guess the question is, Pete, how many, how many people do you think play mobile games out of eight billion people in the world? Oh, uh, I mean, shit. <laughs> I don't know a lot. <laughs> Maybe like a billion? A billion. I think so. I think I would say I played a lot more mobile games when I was younger. So I think there's definitely like an age demographic too that plays into that question. Dude, Tommy must have been the core customer. Dude, Tommy knew all these stats like the back of his hand. Did you? That's right. I did. So so, so I I, I I thought. So I thought thought it was was younger, you know, because I don't really play games on my phone. Um, But. The average mobile gamer is a 36-year-old woman, which is quite astounding to think about. Um, and I, I know that's true because on the subway, I look at all the women playing Candy Crush, <laughs> just sitting down playing Candy Crush on their way to work, and they don't take their eyes off the screen, and they love the game. I also see a lot of old people playing it too. So I think, uh, yeah. Them and me. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm definitely, I mean, dude, I think if, if I was told, Hey, I can play this game. It's fun. It's a good way to just take my mind off what's going on. And I can plant a tree. Like for me, that's like, okay, you know what? I can so he that. didn't, yeah. he didn't like, uh, elaborate to you there. I guess, I guess what I'm asking is their marketing strategy. It's just word of mouth. Um, no, I, I definitely think they have some sort of marketing. I don't, I didn't ask that, or if I did, I don't remember the marketing strategy. But okay. I know I they definitely have some sort of strategy because, I mean, he's had two successful exits. He understands how to get it to product at that point if you've had two successful exits. And they've also raised $5.5 million in uh, VC funding. So they have money. So right. meaning they're going to figure out. And the people on the team are people that, you know, they – they helped, you know, create Plants vs. Zombies, Club Penguin. So, and I think the artists on the team, the game designers, the people creating the figures worked at Disney. So these are all people that understand the animated world well and the mobile gaming world well. 
Well, I mean, even the uh, the animation style for like, I mean, just on Everforest, which is the name of the game that they're that Carbon was it Carbon Counts is is doing. Like, it looks awesome. It looks like it was made by someone at Disney, which I think is pretty ideal. And especially if there's someone who's at Plants vs Zombies, which I can only imagine is like, you know, second to probably what Candy Crush. Yeah. In terms of like household recognition, that's, that's such um, a go-to game. That's what they need. I know it's the best. I, I mean, they, 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 had, they had an Xbox <laughs> game and everything. Yeah. Um, I see that. I, so, I'm just curious. I'm curious because I feel like you know most of their marketing probably is around the the planting trees, which is a huge draw. But the game also has to be fun. And yes. is there like any gameplay, like actual gameplay that has been released to? Released to the public yet? Let me hold up. Let me let me play this. We can watch this. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I don't know if so. So they're last in it in seven years. See if it's gonna. That's just the way to have a mindset with it. Hey, so can y'all hear this? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> um. Damn. Totally way. It's it's <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So this this is what we know. We know they're hard launching in the U.S. world globally. And when is it? What is the market for these types of games anyway? Outside of thirty six year old women, like, is there a like a geographical region that's like more prone to downloading these types of games? I, I honestly think if I had to guess, I don't know, I'm guessing, but if I had to guess, guess, I would imagine, I, I would imagine, uh, <laughs> I would imagine Europe. I don't know. I think, I think Europe just with this environmental incentive, sure. I think, yeah. And I think that's why they're also like the, uh, the early beta is in, where did I see it? I saw it's in, I think the Philippines, Sweden, and somewhere else in Europe. So they're they're launching the early beta in like Asia and Europe right now. And I would imagine because I remember when I was abroad there, they were very they were much more environmentally uh motivated than the US. Like very much Absolutely. So. so yeah, I think that's kind of the demographic, but then I think with the Candy Crush aspect, anyone can play that type of gameplay. Especially yeah, old people. Totally. Yeah. So. And I mean, even with the, uh, I mean, I used to work for a company that, that worked in the sustainability space. And I know that, you know, that Europe's like rules and regulations around it are so much better or so much mm-hmm. like more advanced than the United States by like 10 years. Um, they mm-hmm. said they basically on average. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And I feel like that's largely like public perception. Yeah, it's like what the, just... what the laws are based off of, you know? And then, I mean, it's interesting, like, I feel like Asia is probably a really big market as well, considering what you said, the Ant, Ant, um, what was the other app that was pretty successful? Ant Forest. Ant Forest. Yeah, Ant Forest. That, I mean, I feel like that those are probably going to be the key demographics. And then, obviously, the United States is huge. But I wonder if, you know, is it based in the United States? Yeah, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. Well, and then also, I do want to give Pete his red meat. Pete, here's the uh, financial statements, if you want to look at that. 
All right. <laughs> Working on Sunday, baby. <laughs> hey, I look at financial statements. Oh, it is it's, it, it is a, a, a PVC, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I could. So a PVC is a, a public benefit <laughs> corporation. Uh, I look at a thousand financial statements a day. Here you go. Come on. Go. Let me Come on. <laughs> Tommy, get after it. There's the... Uh, I could underwrite this. It looks like the... Uh, Balance sheet. Yeah, it looks like they got a uh, two point two point eight million in cash. Long term liabilities seven mil. That's pretty heavy. What is that? Would you have any idea what's that, what that's from? No. Yeah, just loans. Um, it might be safe. I don't know. I'm not going to say it because I have no idea. This, yeah. No yeah. It's the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, looks like their income statement. Oh, they're also pre-revenue, by the way. So I do think it was... Is there... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, is there... I know you said like... Is there, you know, is there any timeline for these types of companies, especially in like the mobile gaming business to see a positive income? I would imagine by the end of this year, we would see. By the end of this year, really? Uh, I'm sorry, if Pete was still looking at that, Pete, I know you like to look at mm-hmm. statements. Um, but I think after, I, they might have it here. I mean, it's all projections, right? So yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say an answer and be like, Oh, it's going to be profitable by, by the end of this year. But I think by the end of this year, when they hard launch in the next, I don't know, month or so, two months, and we'll, we'll be able to tell kind of the traction and you know, how the company's doing by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, because they should get revenue theoretically, like right when they launch, you know, like, Yep. Yeah. They'll, I mean, I would imagine they probably have ads already set up or like some type of revenue and it'll only grow as a game gets more popular, but, um, it, um, but like sorry. what types of costs do they have? I think it'd be hosting costs, probably like a designing costs, but it's, it's tough since they're, they don't have any revenue right now. We can't see what the cost mm-hmm. of revenue would be. Another cost would mm. be uh, cost to acquire customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, out of those mobile games, right? I mean, you get the ads on Instagram. Of them. I would imagine it's going to follow a J curve, like a private equity fund. You have to spend, you're going to lose money and you have to get over the hump to start making money. Yeah. So probably. I think that what takes two, three years traditionally before you start to see the J come to fruition. Like, like once it starts coming up like that. Yeah, because traditionally, like hedge funds and private equity investments, you're going to see they're going to lose money because you do everything you just said. The cost of getting viewership, the cost of getting the whole thing running, you have to spend a shit ton of money. And then the trick is once you get down, you're going to go down. That's fine. That's not a red flag. It's what goes from there if it starts to creep back up to come up. So, so the most important metrics for this is going to be. Lifetime value 
of the customer. Like how long does a customer stay yeah. on and play? How long do they play the game? For how many days, months, right? And then what's the cost to acquire a customer? So that's because you know, if the cost to acquire the customer, usually I know for the PE model, you want it to be like the, the ratio is like LTV over CAC, which is cost to acquire a customer. You want the ratio, if it's two, meaning two over one, like that's not bad. If it's three, that's pretty good. If it's five, that's fucking amazing. So trying to figure out that ratio and hopefully, you know, once they start to launch, we'll get more insight. Is there, I know we looked at, you know, their like statistic about, um, you know, retaining customers through planting trees. Is there any general statistic on like environmentally conscious companies or like that are doing this, that people are more likely to lean to, like, you know, people are more likely to choose option A over option B. Over B. Like 20% more people, 30% more people are more likely to do this because they have an option like this where it's like plant trees or. Environmental, what should I look up? Cause I think that's a great question. Just like the significance, how much that impacts the decision-making. Yeah, how much does, how much, like just even in general. Cause I know there's that. You know, I'm on TikTok all the time. I think the, there's this guy that sells canned T-shirts, and then I think he started. Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he he makes yeah, it in the little tin can. Yeah, and he started giving seeds in it, uh, so that everyone could plant their own tree with it or something. And his his company's like kind of blowing up right now, I think. But you know, obviously, anything on TikTok is. Well, I think that's also tough too because he's running a ton of paid ads, so it's tough yeah. for me to understand if he's actually blowing up because he's acquiring the customers or if he's just blowing up because he's spending so much money to get them to come check him out. Right. It's, yeah. True. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, well, United States produces 25% of the world's wood output. Nice. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so yeah, but, that's where it's at right now. I'm trying to think if there's anything else or some of the questions. The nice thing about this is that you can see people ask questions. Um, fuck, I'm not sharing my screen. Okay. People will ask questions. So if you have a question, you can just type in a question, submit it, and then they'll answer it. So this question is, how does company make money? Do you sell ads in the app or carbon credits? The main source of monetization revolves around in-app pur purchases, allowing players to enhance their gaming experience and progress. Furthermore, players can opt in advance within the game by engaging in ad watching. What kind of trees are you planting? I think, Tommy, did you ask that? Or maybe No, uh, but you brought it up. Yeah. Million That's the cost of planting trees. Uh, are they all the same? Indeed, someone's gonna... Here's a question for you, Feta. Yeah. As someone who looks at a lot of startups and you know new companies, do you see any downsides with a company like all, this? There are there are a lot. Of, like, yeah, it's can they get enough monthly active users, right? Is yeah, really big enough. Is is the environmental incentive enough to encourage people to do it? Um, but I really enjoy talking to him. He was extremely smart mm -hmm. and uh, you could tell he, he knew what he was doing. He's thought about this a lot and 
he's experienced, which is probably one of the biggest things. He he understands what he has to do to get to where he needs to go, and he's done it before. Um, you know, there's a saying: all things are connected. Even if you do a different startup, you still kind of understand the process of getting over the next hurdle and then getting over the next hurdle, and slowly climbing up the mountain. Because at the end of the day, everything's connected one way or another. Um, and he definitely, he has a lot of passion too, which is really nice scene for the, for the overall product. And I think, uh, cause I was imagining too, you know, I could see my grandma playing this game just because of the fact that she's planting trees. And if you can see at the end of the month, you planted X amount of trees from playing a game. I think a lot more people would play a game. I, I can see, uh, a social networking aspect where people start sharing how many trees they planted on Instagram based off playing this game. I'm not saying like that's going to happen, but I could see a world kind of similar to Spotify. And I could definitely see that maybe in more environmentally conscious place like uh, Switzerland, where people are doing that within their community. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot of upside. I think also too, if they're about to raise a series A, that's uh, even more promising. So we're getting in at the same terms that they raised from the venture capitalists and the angel investors. And he's not doing it because he necessarily wants our money, but he's doing it because he wants to give us an opportunity to get in before they raise their Series A. Because once they raise their Series A, there's no way he can get everyday investors like us into this company, into this opportunity. Sure. I'm... I love the idea, dude. If you told me, dude, if I had a crap, if I had a crap day, and you told me I could sit down, I could pop like a show on and play this game for like twenty minutes and plant a tree, game over. I'd feel great about myself by the end of the night. Um, I, th I think that too. If I kind of like in investing in this company because it's investing with a purpose too. It's not just investing <laughs> just to make money, but like make money and plant trees. Like, it's pretty yeah, cool. yeah. I'm investing in saving the planet. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> what about you, Logan? Buy? No, I like it. Sell? Uh, buy? No. Yeah, yeah, no. I like it. I like it. I think that the uh, the premises does a lot. I mean, not only with, like, acquiring customers, but also with retaining them just because it makes them feel good. Um, you know, because you can forget about something and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God. You get you get the you know the Spotify wrapped, but the uh, what's it called the the Everforest wrapped. You're like, hey, congratulations! You you planted this many trees. I'm like, damn, I'm gonna get back on this game. You know. <laughs> and I just want to point out, James said on YouTube that Start Engine, which is another platform, they do have a secondary market for selling these uh, safes. Mm. So back to Pete's question about liquidity. It's always nice to know, right? So yeah. Well, awesome. Well, uh, could you, uh, you had yeah. my email, I think. Could you just send me a link of bringing it to that page of WeFunder? Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want, this would be, a, I mean, it's a cool opportunity to, if you want to have part of your portfolio and something. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's going to be super speculative because it is crowdfunding, but that's the whole, that's the whole premise with this kind of investment is it not you want to get that thousand X return with yes, these type it's, it's, things. There's risk involved. Right. But, you, if you I mean, if you have yeah, you're not doing this because so you if you can email me that return. link, Pete, yeah. are you are you are you saying you're gonna invest? 
We'll see. Might... <laughs> yeah, I need I need to diversify my portfolio. A little yeah, it's just it's just a fun. I mean, it's a fun thing to have being able to do crowdfunding and just like just like everything you're alluding to. Not everyone's an accredited investor, and that does suck. Like seeing yeah. all these millionaires have all these extra opportunities that the common person can't have. <laughs> so I do somewhat share your passion for crowdfunding, and I mean, stick it to the man. Yeah, I mean, if you. Have you played the game yourself? I can't remember. Did you mention that? Me? I haven't played the game yet. The game hasn't been released in uh United States yet. Okay. So, so I mean, maybe once you play the game, if it's a good well, game, bro. The round's, I mean, the round's going to be closed by then. That's the thing. The, wait, so when does it close? Uh, he said probably beginning of February. So this so is not the a lot of time. That's a week. Yeah, the concept <laughs> is... Like Candy Crush stuff. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, right? Again, that, that's yeah, what it's it looks like. You, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think this is a cool, this is a cool option for those that want to have that exposure to the, to the super speculative hey. market. I mean, I mean, I think people with addictive personalities and like that get attached to these games, aka me. If they're going for people like me, I, if I heard about this, I'd download it in a second. Personally. Hey, P, you see, you see me, Tommy, Logan. You see how we're just fly. That's because we want our investment to multiply. Did you not see the vest, bro? Did yeah. you not see the Patagonia? That puppy also, was slapped on there. Also, on that note of you know not being an accredited investor and not getting those opportunities, Monday, which is tomorrow, I have an interview coming out, which is on Art of Finance, and they're digital digitalizing private offices. They're going to start with accredited investors, but then they're going to expand to non-accredited investors. But it's basically giving you your own family office on an app, which I think is pretty exciting. Pete might see that as competition, yeah. but you know. I'm all for it, bro, the innovation. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, Pete, I'll send you the link. Um, and minimum investment is, I think, $100. I'm probably $200, but y'all get to invest whatever you want, invest what you want. And then, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, we'll figure out, I mean, you don't have to disclose it right now, but maybe if you want to, that could be cool. Cause we could figure out how many trees we're going to plant from this live stream. And then if anyone in the audience from the live stream also wants to invest, then we can total up and be like, damn, we just planted like 50 trees. We got to feel good of ourselves. Uh, yeah, but cool. Like it, yeah. Definitely gotta get a graphic for your LinkedIn. Put it on there. Yeah. Hey, we do. We plant all these trees, baby. Yeah, yeah. Me and the put a brand into it. Screw it. Why not? (laughs) So I lost six hundred the casino. (laughs) Might as well invest it. Invest in trees, baby. Yeah, that's a lot better. Do do y'all have any more questions? about the um about the company about the uh, market and if not well let's see if you can can you hear that for uh, the crowdfunding you <laughs> hold up one of you Fida, how many how many of these have you done you personally I've done, now i've done one this is going to be my second one and so that that one you pulled up that's the only one you've done the bio yeah. that bimodal that was an ev they make uh they make engines for smaller evs so they're targeting bikes and then i think they're i can see them expanding into like four runners maybe mopeds but i think it's a i like investing in the more the niche 
Yeah. So how long, how long have you been in that? Uh, well, I've been interviewing founders for like the past eight months in this industry, but I'll start, I'm going to start investing. I'm going to invest at least a thousand dollars this year in this industry within multiple startups. Uh, but, Is that what but you're that asking? Uh, no, that first investment, the EV, the good crowdfunding you're in, um, how long have you been in that one? Uh, like, when like, did you invest in that like, one? It was like two weeks ago, last week. Oh, okay. I don't know if that was like two years ago, because I'm just curious if, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I don't want the boys I, getting rich without me. That's part of my incentive, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all get rich together, and then afterwards, um, you know, after it goes public, and we cash out on 1,000x, 10,000x, then we can uh, put that money. We can spend the day on the yacht, you know, drink some uh, pina coladas, some strawberry daiquiris. We'll plant some more trees. trees oh, planting more trees. Great call, Tommy. Yeah. Well, boys, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you making the world better by planting more trees. Uh, <laughs> carbon counts. We appreciate you giving us this opportunity. And for all the viewers and listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. So... So long, boys. Thank you, Fado. Thank you for having us. Peace. Bye. See you guys.